Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show, I'm your host, Doc G, with me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus, the best quadrant toothbrusher west of the Mississippi, <laughs> Charette. Say what? What's up, Doc G? What's up? What's up? N- nothing much, man. How's the quadrant brushing going? You know, it's going great. The uh, battery dies every other day, but man, that thing's going to last a lifetime, I think. It dies every other day? That seems like... You know what? That's an exaggeration, Doc G. It's like every two days it dies. But yeah, the battery doesn't last that long. It's Great a recharge, it, rechargeable, right? It's not like you're yeah. putting in a double A every time. What? Okay. Good. <laughs> no. Good. I was like, that could get expensive, man. You should find... <laughs> I, I think there's some old school ones like that back in the day that, you know, you could unscrew yeah. the bottom, plop it out there. Yeah. No, that doesn't happen too much anymore. <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Mike listeners are in to dental hygiene. So true. Get used yeah. to it. Okay. If if you're not, get on our level. Okay. Get on our yeah. level. And That's right. Speaking of our level, Mike. Um, I don't know. I know you're aware of this. I don't know if the listeners are aware of this. This show is kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the listeners out there I know right now are being like. I don't know. I'm I'm new to this show, Ben. I don't buy it. I don't think you guys are a big deal. <laughs> How can we tell that you're a big deal? Well, let me tell you, listeners. First of all, number one, we have Mike Charette as the co-host of the show. That's true. Didn't even consider that, but yeah. I mean, Definitely. are you kidding me? That's basically part. that's basically like a person having a Lamborghini and somebody coming up and saying like, uh, do you have a nice car? <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. Let me see what these 12 cylinders in the trunk have to say, right? Is Mike Mike Charette a big deal? You bet he is, all right? Yeah, 12 see what cylinders. All the That's a fact. Masses of fans asking for autographs wherever Mike goes. It happens. Mm-hmm. It yeah. happens. Just it signing. Has. Signing all the time. <laughs> now, the second reason. The second reason we're a big deal. I, the reason we're a big deal, listeners, is I say... We're a pretty big deal, a pretty good amount of times. Wait, what? You know, I just put it out there. Mm-hmm. I say, hey, you know what? This show, it's a pretty big deal. And when you do that, it it usually comes true. Yeah. You know, I've learned that from the philosopher and rapper Little Wayne. You mm. know, if nice. you say something enough times, people are like, yeah, I guess so. Right. It's pretty much what he did with your, you know, the best rapper alive. It's like I'm best mm-hmm. rapper alive, and everybody was like. All right, well, he said it 4,000 times. I guess we'll go ahead and put that down now. Like, So that's what I'm doing with the show. We're a yeah. big deal, listeners. We mm-hmm. are a big deal. Now, that's the last reason and most, you know, I guess important reason that we are a big deal, Mike, is that we have invited some really big names in showbiz on the mm-hmm. show and we have been turned down by those same really big names. Yeah, we yeah. were. That's right. Now, I, Officially, I, I, though. It, now, I, I know, I, again, I know the listeners are like, turned down. 
That doesn't mean anything. You were turned down. Let me explain, folks. These aren't any regular turndowns. These aren't just some flippant email of rejection. These are signs of support. These are signs of love. These are signs of a true bond between us and the guests. So true. Okay? Yeah. Now, now, Mike, you remember last month, March 16th, had a great show with Pete Muller. Shout out. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Uh, I reminded the listeners in the opening of the show how our show is probably Tom Brady's favorite show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I might be his best friend in the world. Without exception. Yeah. That's including Gronk, Giselle, everybody. Mm-hmm. Best friend, you know? Which, by the way, I, when I wrote that down, I wrote down Giselle here. Um, that's an awesome name, right? Giselle? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I was that's just like, that's, it's just, it's so unique. It rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. I just like it. I that's like a good it. model name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, Benjamin is not a model name. That is. Nah. No. Not at all. Anyways. Ben is. Uh, Ben's a nice name. I like Ben. I don't Benjamin know. It's is not, too. It's not a model name, though. Nope. Uh, you know, it's like a a, a stock a stock boy name. That's what Ben is. That's <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not. It's not a model name. Giselle is a model name. Giselle's not working a cash register at, like, Vitamin Shop. That's not happening, <laughs> you know? Like, no offense to people at Vitamin Shop working the cash register. I like all of you guys. But mm-hmm. your name's not yeah. Giselle. I'm just saying. Nah. So true. Anyways, Mike, I got derailed. The, the thing I was talking about is Tom Brady loves our show, and we had mm-hmm. evidence of that from Jacqueline yeah. on the Tom Brady team back May 15, 2019. Now... Mm-hmm. Last week's show, it was Paul Rudd's birthday. And I told you we were big fans of Paul Rudd. And I told you, you know what? Paul turned us down as well. Guess what? It's time to check out the email, listeners. Sweet. It's time to check out the turn down email as evidence of why we are a real big deal. Okay? <laughs> so, Mike, this uh, Paul Rudd email was August 6th, 2019. August 6, 2019. So I don't know. You got to admit, summer of 2019, we had a pretty great run of turndowns there. Yeah. Tom Brady, Paul Rudd, we're getting turned down by all kinds of fans. That's a fact. (laughs) Just showing the love to us, you know? So anywho, I send out this email to Paul Rudd's people. I send out an email to two of his agents, his main PR rep, uh, letting them know uh, we'd love to have Paul on the show. Mm-hmm. I send it out at 4.13 p.m. Mm. Mike, let's first note that I received a response from Jody, his PR lady, at 7.16 p.m. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's right, listeners. A mere three hours, three minutes after my initial email. That's right. And, and... After business hours. We're not talking wow. the next day. We're talking, mm-hmm. she saw the email and was like, I got to move. Ben Gordon mm-hmm. says move. I got to go. You know, that's mm-hmm. what she said. And she did, you know. So, I just want to let you know, listeners, they don't do that's that awesome. for any Joe Schmo. Yeah, exactly. Nah. Exactly. You know, I mean, like, Lance 
from the gangbang and ostrich morning show, what? he's not getting a three hour response time. He's getting no it until way. the next morning, you know? Yeah. Oh, hey, Lance, I saw you emailed me. Whatever. Lame. You know? <laughs> no. I mean, for me, if he even gets an email back, probably not even a response. You're right, Mike. You're right. So, I don't know. now that you guys know that, I'll also let listeners know that Jody was kind enough, kind enough to keep her email super brief. Mm. You know, she <laughs> kept it really, really compact. And I know some, some, some people out there are ignorantly thinking like, whoa, that email was short. Mm -hmm. She must have not even cared. No, it's the opposite, folks. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, no, the she opposite. Did. She knew the Doc G show is a big deal. We don't have time for ridiculous details and no. unimportant flattery. No. And we appreciate it when people keep it keep it short. You know? Yeah, we do. So so we appreciate it, Jody. So let's get to the meat and potatoes of this response, Mike. No salutations at all. Nothing. You know why? Because she knows, I know, we're both big deals. And we yeah. both know each other. And we've been mm -hmm. working at this level for years. There's no reason to be like, hey, how's it going, nah. Ben? She knows I know I'm Ben. I know she's Jody. We're in it together. It's fine. Yeah. Just get to you the point. You can skip that whole thing. Yeah. Exactly. So she says, thank you. Thank you. Full out. Thank you for thinking of Paul. Now, yeah. listeners, do you feel the sincerity of that statement? Because mm -hmm. I do. I do. I mean, she could have said thanks, you know, just a thanks. She said thank you. Yeah. Thank you. She Two words. Could, she could have put a T-Y. She could have even just, no. Oh, yeah. No, she, she wrote it out. That's right. She wrote it out. And she knows she could have put Mr. Rudd, too. She could have been official, you know? But instead, mm -hmm. she knows I know Paul. We're both pretty much equally as famous and as big deals mm -hmm. as each other. He's yeah. been deemed the world's sexiest man, and for most intensive purpose, I've been deemed a man. Nope. You know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're yeah, yeah. pretty much right there. Yeah. Sexiest man, like, man. Right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Equal. So she goes on to say, thank you for thinking of Paul, but he's not available. Hmm. Could, mm -hmm. could she have let me know some better times that he was available? Sure. If I were a mm -hmm. loser. Yeah. You know? That's a fact. Yeah? She knows as well as I know. Me and Paul will get back in touch soon. So what's For the sure. point of setting up something at a later date now? Like, it's inevitable down the road we're going to be exactly. back, back together, you know? I mean, yeah. guys, if, if you're a little confused with my reading of the email right now, let, let me let you in on something. Sometimes when you're reading an email like this, it's like modal jazz, Mm -hmm. You have to pay attention to the notes that aren't being as play played as much as the notes that are being played. For sure. You know? For sure. Gotta hear that space in between. So true. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of information there. Exactly. And the space in between in this email is, <laughs> I love the Doc G show. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Now, she wrapped this. This may be the most important part of the whole email, Mike. She wraps the email up with, all the best, Jody. Mm. All the I best, like Mike. Like All that. the best. Not a little bit of the best. Not maybe sometimes the best. Not the majority of the best. All the f <laughs> best. Jody. 
you know? <laughs> just giving it to us straight, Mike. Yeah. It's just, I mean, did you feel the love right there, Mike? I did. I really did. Yeah. And when are we going to follow up, Doc Gio? When's the follow up? Hmm. Well, it has been almost three years, so. <laughs> so true. He might have some time now. I don't know. We'll see. We could see, yeah. you know? Uh, I don't want to bother him. I know he's got some other things I don't think we're forcing it too much at this point. I don't think so. I don't think we're you being know, too needy. Uh, I might wait a half a decade, you know? We'll just okay. go every five That's years, fair. you yeah. know? I think they would appreciate that, Paul. <laughs> uh, swing back around. 2030. We'll see you then. Uh, hey, <laughs> Doc G, make sure you reply to her with the original email intact. You have to have the original email so she knows that there's already been correspondence. So she knows <laughs> that I'm some sort of serial killer. What? Did you say this? <laughs> what is wrong with this dude? When was that? Good Lord. I was still in my 40s then. This guy's insane. So true. Anyways, Mike, listeners, now that we all know we're a huge deal. Are you ready to fire this show up, Mike? It's fired up. I'm ready. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Speaking of a huge deal, Mike, oh, man, fantastic show. I always love this because, again, it means that one of our guests, our former guests, doesn't completely hate Sweet. us. They're back on the show. We've got nice. a returning guest, Mr. Adam Roth, lead singer of Grizzfolk. He's got uh he's got a new solo project coming. Mm. Okay. It's, it's called Death Cruiser. That's right. Mm. I like the name. Yeah. I like the name. He name. he got inspired by a sugar skull. He was looking at a sugar skull. And uh, I'm going to ask skull. him about it. Yeah, yeah, you know sugar skulls? No, I don't think so. Oh, come on. You know you, you know the Day of the Dead in in Mexican culture? No, you know the, the the skulls that look all painted and colorful, and they've got like different designs. They're sort yeah. of cartoony, you know. Mm -hmm. I That's think a so. sugar skull. Okay. And basically, it's associated with the Day of the Dead in Mexico. Basically, it's supposed to be a celebration of of, of death, but in sort of like a positivity, like a celebration oh, okay. of that life and and going into death, you know. I got really derailed, but that's where his name Death thanks, Cruiser Sachi. came from. Yeah, cool. yeah, I do. I do things like that, listeners. If you need <laughs> me to answer anything like that, just go ahead, shoot us an email. I'll I'll try to answer it on the show. I'll probably be wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> so true. Anyways, we're gonna talk to Adam. I can't wait. He's out right now in California, hanging out around uh, Joshua Tree. So. Okay. Gonna be nice, yeah. But first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Now, Mike, this first one, we talked about him just a couple of weeks ago, but I don't know if you remember him. So he was connected to one of our birthday suits before. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, Matthew Barnes. Remember when we had mm. Matt Barnes? Yeah. Do you remember the other basketball player on the team that we talked about? No, so it'll be fresh. It'll be fresh. Bro, <laughs> oh, come on! Uh, I, sent, I sent you a video of this dude dunking. Do you remember that? I actually had a post uh, about it. Oh, okay. Do you remember his yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. Can you Clyde give Drexler? it a shot? No, 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 not that one. No. Uh, the other one I sent. 
The in-game um, dunk on on. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna go through oh, the wait, reading. Uh, um, Bomani. No, it's not Bomani. No, it's not. That's not even a basketball player. All right, Doc G, I'm gonna stop guessing. That 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 was the radio host. I told you. Yeah, that's the radio <laughs> host. Never mind. Never mind. Not even a basketball player. Anyways, totally wrong. Let's. You, you got the right. You got the right initial. Keep that in mind. Born on okay. April 13, 1979 in Los Angeles, California. Our birthday suit wearer was encouraged from a young age to play basketball by his grandmother, Layla. By high school, he became one of the most standout players in America, becoming a Gatorade National Player of the Year, Parade All-American, and McDonald's All-American. He decided to go to UCLA. Our birthday suit wearer played two years at UCLA and was first team All-Pac-10 his second year. He was drafted third overall in 1999 going to the charlotte hornets a birthday suit wearer played six seasons for the hornets three in charlotte three in new orleans during that time he was a two-time all-star he was traded to the golden state warriors where in 2006 he had a magical dunk that i talked about just a couple of weeks ago with you on the show he was then traded to the Los Angeles Clippers in 2008. Then in 2011, he was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Then in 2011, he was traded to the New York Knicks. Name that birthday suit. Where? Starts yeah, with I'm, a B. I'm, First I'm name totally... B. Second name D. And he played for the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Um, Bear... Davis, Baron Davis. Yes, there, there it is. There we go. There we go. Just after like <laughs> three at left field guesses, you got it. You got there it. There we go. <laughs> That's it. Baron Davis is uh, correct. Turning forty-three for Baron Davis. He played a him. he played a season in the Big Three recently, like uh like three years ago. You know the Big Three uh, league. What happened to that show? Oh, it's still what going. Game? Whatever it's it is. still Photos? it's still it's still going down. Yeah, Ice Cube still got nice. it going down. It's just uh, lost a little bit of its flair because you know, I mean, it's got to try to compete with other sports. So, for it's a sure, bit hard, for sure, you know, it's a little bit hard. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, Baron Davis, man, I, I was thinking, you know, he was six seasons with the Hornets. I just forget those those bobcat years of charlotte i was thinking about that mm. like i mean he didn't play for any of the bobcat years but i was like how goofy was that when they became the bobcats i don't remember that at all i don't remember yeah any players from that team i feel like people just block that completely out of their mind <laughs> like bobcats the lost years of charlotte like just it's a goofy mascot. Like, yeah. Now, I mean, if it were the Charlotte Snow Leopards, they would have sold out. That's a fact. But the Charlotte, <laughs> the Charlotte Bobcats, get out of town. Nobody wants that. No. I'm glad they went back to the Hornets. Smart decision, MJ. For sure, for sure. S smart decision going back. Uh, anyways, happy birthday to Baron Davis. Turning the big 4-3, Mike. Get it lodged in your head. Baron Davis, one of the best. Baron in, Davis, one of the best in dunk dunks you or in game dunks you've ever seen. Oh my gosh! Ah, why can't I remember this video? I don't know why. Such, well, such a weak. good one. Go back to the Instagram feed, the Doc G one. It's like I don't know, six, seven videos back, something like that. Okay, it's All back right. on there. Anyways, uh, Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Yeah, what's going on? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. 
Mike, where do you think we're going to start? Florida. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. This story's a little old. It happened last month, but you know what? It's still a... F- I don't mind. It doesn't matter. It's a solid Florida story, <laughs> Florida. you know? <laughs> so this is a 62-year-old Larry Gardner. So 62-year-old Larry Gardner was arrested last month for... Wait for it. Threatening to kill another man with a dumbbell while completely naked. Sweet. Ah. Yes. Yes. Now, deputies... dumbbell naked. You know... Why not? Why not? Now, deputy said a witness told them that the the witness heard a noise from a neighbor's house and saw Larry standing outside naked, banging on a sliding glass door with a barbell. Wait, hold on. I've got barbell here. I've got dumbbell. Let me make sure. I don't want to get it right. Dumbbell. Dumbbell. Okay. The witness then approached Larry, at which point Larry held the dumbbell over his head and said, I'll kill you. That's a fact. The man then, (laughs) because this is Florida, pulled a gun on Larry, and another neighbor came in and helped tackle Larry until the police arrived. And Larry was arrested for aggravated assault and armed burglary. Hmm. Mike. Let me say, if you're a listener right now and you heard me tell that story and you thought everything was normal on the part of these two neighbors, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) There's definitely something wrong with you if you heard, like, I mean, everybody can agree. Larry was doing something pretty weird. That's a fact. Right? Yeah, he was. That's pretty weird. But I can tell you right now, if I look out my window... And see a naked dude banging on my neighbor's house with a dumbbell. I'm locking the door, closing the blinds, and calling the police. So true. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. not going out there to confront no him. Like, what? I don't care mm. if I have a gun or not. I'm not going over there where Larry is. Nothing good can happen from going to talk nope. to Larry, the naked dumbbell guy. Like, what? crazy no way then second like like can you expect once you make that bad decision can you expect larry to say anything else other than i'm going to kill you nope like what would you expect larry a naked 62 year old man being crazy with the dumbbell to say (laughs) did you think you're gonna go up to him and be like oh you know what am i causing a scene I am so, I am so sorry. I didn't realize my antics had come to the attention of the the neighborhood. Oh, I'm I'm going to go home. This is so embarrassing. Please all apologies. Like, no. He's a naked dude. Yeah. Hammering on your on your neighbor's door or you know, sliding glass door with a dumbbell. Like, lastly, the second neighbor that came in to tackle Larry there aren't any situations, Mike, that I would tackle a naked 62-year-old man. Like, No way. De-escalate. Yeah. There's no way. I'm just like, they no. need help? Ha, ha, ha. Ja! And just, no uh, way. Nuh-uh. No. Like, what was that dude thinking? 
But what if you just finished watching a Steven Seagal movie? Would you still not? No okay. way. All right. Not anywhere close. I don't close. know. Those movies get me pretty juiced. Sometimes I just, I'd, I don't know. I'd, I'd, probably, <laughs> I'd probably just talk uh, in a more whisper serious tone if I'd seen that. Oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> you should probably stop doing that, Larry. It's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And then I'd squint a yeah. lot, too. Yeah, you got to squint your eyes a lot. That'd basically be all I would do in that situation. There would be no... There would definitely be no tackling a naked man. That is not happening. No way. Uh, mm. Mike, let's move on to another Florida story. Sweet. Let's go, let's go to Vera Beach this time. We're going to go up to... Vero. Yeah. Now, this is a 50-year-old man in, in Vera Beach. Uh, checked the front door and found a package from Amazon. Now, despite mm. that the package said it was sent to his 18-year-old daughter, Victoria, this 50-year-old man decided, you know what? I'm opening the package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mikey did not like what he discovered. Nope. <laughs> he discovered a strap-on Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then... Instead of just being like, I'm out, I'm out, which I would have done if I was that dude, he -hmm. decided to confront his daughter about the package. Mm. And yes, that Mm. is a package pun, folks. He became (laughs) enraged. She, sorry, she became enraged and kicked and punched him several times in the face. Jeez. She then left the house telling her father, quote, I'm going to kill you. I hate you. She was arrested later that night for domestic battery and then released the next day. Now, Mike, as we know, I'm not a parent. That's that's a thing I am not. Same. Yep, Mike, you are not a parent. But I'm going to go ahead and say... Give a little bit of parental advice here. If you're a parent uh, and you open your 18-year-old daughter's mail package not knowing what's inside, you're asking for trouble. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. In some way, you're asking for trouble. Like, mm-hmm. from her, from the package, from life, just don't do it. It's illegal. Don't do of. it. Yeah. I'd say for most parents, just chalk that one up to you don't want to know. For mm-hmm. this dude, I'd say chalk it up to you definitely didn't want to know. Just <laughs> no. Plus, it's like you said, Mike, she's 18. That's her private sexually depraved party yeah. equipment right there. Like For sure, for sure. Come on. Come on. Uh, which she got off Amazon, which I find to be kind of interesting. Let's be honest. You can get anything on Amazon. <laughs> I guess you can. Get a couple of protein bars, strap on, you know, whatever. Um, uh-huh. Now, I'll also say, if you're willing to open up your daughter's mail packages without her permission, you better know whether or not she can beat the of you. You know? Mm, yeah. You better <laughs> judge that or not because it's embarrassing when you got to call up the cops and be like yeah she ripped me a new one yeah mm-hmm. and i'm a little yeah, afraid of her right now so <laughs> like you know i'm just saying all bad for that dude hopefully hopefully his not week good. gets better you know that's all i'm saying mm-hmm. uh hopefully. mike 
Enough of Florida. Enough of let's move on. Let's go to Bountiful. Let's go to Virginia. <laughs> right up to another state I'm well familiar with. No, no. We're going close to where you're at now. Bountiful Utah. Bountiful Utah. Uh, Utah. So recently hmm. the city has been making headlines and trending on social media and not for good reasons, Mike. Not. Hmm. Nope. People have been okay. complaining and posting about how the city's water is tinted green. Hmm. Hmm. And this isn't for St. Patrick's Day. No. No. Just green. Plus, they'd be like a month behind. But it's just green. Uh, Daniel Webster, a bountiful resident, said, quote, When I think of green water, I think of pond scum or something you don't really want to drink. End quote. So true. That's true, Daniel. I definitely mm -hmm. have a tendency yeah. to agree with Daniel. Yes. Now, the director of Bountiful City Water Department, Craig Christensen, he wasn't on the same page as Daniel. He said, come on. The water, it's safe to drink. It's good. He said, look, snow melts. It runs over some green vegetation before it gets to our treatment plant. And then once it goes to the water treatment plant, we don't have really a way of removing color. Wait, what? It's just one of those things we didn't anticipate happening. The EPA hmm. does not require color to be filtered out. He then closed with, quote, it's kind of like boiling some broccoli and you have a little bit of green water afterwards that you dump out word hmm i don't know how i feel about this i don't know how i feel about exactly. any of these explanations exactly mike <laughs> Se several things about his first i'm no water chemist but it seems like coloring from vegetation wouldn't be that tough to get rid of that's a fact you know mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't seem like something that you'd be like, oh, I'm stumped. How do you... It's green. I guess that's in there forever. Like, that seems like something that's a very, a very easy modification to get rid of green, you know? Mm -hmm. Second, just because you didn't anticipate it happening doesn't mean you don't have to do anything about it, you know? He was like, we didn't yeah. anticipate it happening. Who cares? Like... I mean, Ugh, it's so annoying. Like, yeah. like if you go to the grocery store and you have to use the bathroom, even though you didn't anticipate it, you're not going to be like, well, I can't do anything and just pants. Like, that's not going to happen. You're <laughs> probably going to go find a bathroom. Like, that's, yeah. lastly, it's the same logic, though. So, uh, sorry. Lastly, oh, oh, Craig here. He didn't do the best arguing point with his analogy as far as broccoli, you know? Because he says you're boiling some broccoli, and then he ends it with, you dump the green water out. Hmm. You don't do anything with that broccoli water. You're not drinking it. You boil the broccoli, and then you True. throw it out. These people are having to drink their broccoli water. You don't do that after you boil broccoli, unless you're insane. First of all, who broils broccoli? Oh, Why not deep fry it? Put some cheese on it, guys. Yeah, we're talking health here. That's a fact. Anyways, hang in there, residents of Bountiful Utah. Hang in there.
you maybe who knows <laughs> maybe the green water will turn you all into superheroes maybe it'll be like liquid spinach for popeye you know maybe i don't know about all that Mike, uh, what do you want to hear before we go to break? Do you want to hear about uh, some really old pants, hmm. some illegal animals, or a San Diego Ralph's story? Hmm. Illegal animals. I can't talk. It, illegal animals. It's pretty well established, Mike. We love animals yeah. on the show. Yeah, we do. We love animals. Now, which makes sense. Why I was immediately drawn to this story from Vice. That's a fact. Now, I'll give you the title, Mike. It's just, quote, It took us less than 24 hours to order an endangered tiger on Facebook. Hmm. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. That's, I'm clicking that article. I'm just saying. I was, too. <laughs> now, now, they seem, Mike, to be specifically focused on Myanmar. Uh, and their illegal trade in wild animals. Like, they, it was weird. They vacillated back and forth. Like, it hmm. wasn't all on Myanmar. It was, like, between that and how just Facebook was openly allowing people to sell exotic animals on their uh, platform, you know? But I focus mainly on the actual purchasing of animals. You know, that's what I really mm -hmm. keyed in on here. That's a fact. And right. uh, in the story, they say that in under six hours, they found a wolf for $67, an Asiatic bear for $1,000, mm -hmm. leopard cubs for $140 each. What? And then a tiger, wait for it, $29,000. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got I've got a I got a couple of things for this story, Mike. First of all, I hate to burst Vice's bubble, but this isn't news to people who listen to the Doc G show. Nope. Like this story <laughs> is is broken. This is broken news right here. We've had multiple stories about folks selling tigers online. Like, I'm pretty sure you give me an hour. I can come up with a tiger within 2,000 miles of Jacksonville. I'm not going to Myanmar. I can find one in, like, Florida or Texas, and we can get this thing done. You know? For sure. Not that I want to. I'm just saying it's possible, guys. I don't mm -hmm. have a studio yeah. tiger right now. He's not coming around. <laughs> mainly because I might fall asleep and he would eat me. That's a fact. That's the mainly mm -hmm. the reason I wouldn't want to do that. Uh, <laughs> also, they said... Might not get along with the studio llama either. Or the owl, you know? Or the owl. But the owl can, like, fly up, get away, you know? The true, llama. true, true. Yeah, he can get away. We all, we all know, Mike, it's science. You leave that llama and tiger together, the llama is winning out. It's a warrior. It's gonna just mm -hmm. murder that tiger, and you're gonna be like, what? For sure. Doesn't even have sharp teeth. It's got hooves. How did that happen? What did... And he pulls out a, you know, like a... a, a bow and arrow like Rambo. He's like, did it. Did it, you know? Just a warrior llama. Anyways, I got sidetracked. They didn't have any llamas for sale. Nope. The second thing, though, was that they mentioned in the story they didn't actually transfer any money or actually see the animals in person, right? Like, all they did was interact with these people, ask for the price, and then be like, oh, where are we going to meet up? Oh, how much money is hmm. it going to be? Which I'm going to say... None of these then are actually animals. So true. You know, 
Like, these weren't mm. actually real. Because, like, I know if I'm in the illegal animal trade and I've got a pair of leopards to sell, I know there's a Mike Tyson type out there that's going to pay way more, way more than $140. That's for, for sure. sure. Like. For sure. Which, side note, Mike. We all know these definitely weren't snow leopards. That's a fact. I mean... Not snow leopards. If they were snow leopards, they would have already magically broken out of their cages, apprehended their illegal poachers, sent them to prison, and bounded off to the <laughs> snowy mountains. You know, just boink, boink, True. boink, and frolicked around with their big old tails. You know? <laughs> Lastly, the other, one other thing there that I want to say, $29,000 for the tiger? That's... Hmm. That's pricey, man. That is mm -hmm. pricey. Like $29,000. I I definitely don't like... I feel like this guy that was on Facebook's just throwing <laughs> see what will stick, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, you, you want to buy this tiger? Uh, 29000 Do you have that? Yeah, it's 29000 <laughs> That's what That's what the tiger's going to be. Like, I... <laughs> feel like that was the response there. I don't think this guy actually had a tiger or expected that they were going to say 29000 you know? Anyways. Yeah, that's weird. Anyways, $67 for a wolf. I don't know. Kind of cheap, but... Yeah, it's probably just a dog. Let's be honest. It's probably just a dog. It's just... A husky. They're going to get there, and it's going to be like a wiener dog, and they're like... Oh. <laughs> Looks like it's sort of short and squatty for a wolf. No, no. He's ferocious. He is ferocious. That is Bocephus the wolf. Anyways, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back, Mike, right here on the Doc G Show. Five point five Spinnaker Radio WSKR LPFM UNF Jacksonville. Hey, what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, we need yes, to sir. let the listeners know they should be subscribing to the show. They should be. They should for sure. They, they should definitely do this. Very easy. Very easy. Now, I will say, uh, shout out to the folks that have subscribed with their email on the website because you can subscribe mm. that way and a couple people have been doing it and you know what thank, thank you thank you now yeah i will uh, i'm sorry to inform you guys i'm pretty lazy about sending out emails so you're not going to get too much from there it would help us much more <laughs> if you actually subscribed to the podcast that's going to help numbers out more i mean i can send you out a, a like a weekly email about uh my daily the uh, life 
It's going to be pretty boring. You're probably not going to want to hear it. But I'm just saying, it'd be easier to subscribe to the show, you know, Mike? Yeah. So, that way they can hear about your life through the show. A much more passive way of doing <laughs> things. You yeah, don't have to read? Definitely. What? Yeah. What's the read so these hard. days? Like God. Reading. Makes my head hurt. Ugh. No, thank you, you know? So just subscribe yeah, to the gross. show, guys. It'll be great. Five star it for me. That's our, I mean, that's mm. the that's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Just going right on there. Boop. Five star. There it is. Mm -hmm. You know? So simple. So simple. Anyways, guys, uh, we need to thank the regulars, Mike. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Ashburn, Virginia, Frankfurt, Germany, Richardson, Texas, Dublin, Ireland, San Diego, California, Barcelona, Spain, Anoka, Minnesota, Genoa, Italy, Boardman, Orga, Piracai, Brazil, Katy, Texas, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Peoria, Illinois, Moscow, Russia, Winfield, West Virginia, and Tom's River, New Jersey. Yes. Nice. There we go. Regulars, man. Regulars. Just coming in. Love them. Getting it done. Mike, mm -hmm. they're back. They're, they're a little bit in flux, but you know what? You give them a couple of weeks, they could be in that regulars. Hmm. Biloxi, Mississippi. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out to Atlanta, Georgia, Charlotte, North Carolina, Modesto, California, Dallas, Texas, San Francisco, California, Tucker, Georgia, Honolulu, Hawaii, Calgary, Canada, Los Angeles, California, Beaumont, Texas, Johns Island, South Carolina, Playa del Carmen, Mexico, Waterford, Michigan, Strongsville, Ohio, Mobile, Alabama, Chandler, Arizona, Newbury Park, California, and Westland, Michigan. Shout out. There we go. Nice. Semi-regulars. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we got people. Yeah, got some good representation there, you know? For sure. But For Biloxi sure. coming back. Shout out to those yeah. guys, you know? You know? Semi-regulars. I'm hoping all of those will be on the regular list, you know? Mm -hmm. All of those just listening every single week. That's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah. Mike, uh, we haven't done it in a little bit. Need to bring it back just for you. Previously on the Doc G Show. Yeah. Previously on the Doc G Show. Love it. Got a couple of follow-ups here, Mike. Um, now, as you remember, we already followed up with the Paul Rudd deal. Uh, now, along with the Paul Rudd deal... I mentioned how he could fill in for the next Tom Hanks. That's a fact. And mm -hmm. when I mentioned he could follow, uh, uh, follow up with the next Tom Hanks, you were like, cast away too. And I was like, Will Ferrell could play Wilson. And <laughs> after the show, I was sitting there thinking like, why did I immediately just think of that scenario? Why did that happen? It's because it already happened, Mike. It already what? happened. Yeah, SNL. Saturday Night Live back in 2000. They bring out on uh, the a weekend update, they bring out Wilson, and he talks to Tina Fey, and uh, yeah, it's Will Ferrell's voice as Wilson. And he says, ah. check out my nub, Miss Tina. Check out my <laughs> nub. Yeah, and I was like, that's why I thought of it. Wow. Brain, come on. You know? So, sorry, listeners. I did not mean to rip off Saturday Night Live. It just infiltrated in there, you know? You just... Good memory. Couldn't couldn't help it. So true. Now, Mike, I went back, and I was listening to the show, 
you know, as I told you I do, uh, checking to see uh, where I f*** on the podcast version. <laughs> um, and I found an area where I did, uh, which would be in the Hotel Fiction interview. I ridiculously said that CCR performed a remake of Joni Mitchell's Woodstock. And I meant to say Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. obviously, all my 60s and 70s music lovers was like, what the F is he talking about? What is this, amateur <laughs> hour? What are we... What, what do you listen to Joe Schmo talk about music here? I'm sorry, listeners. I know better. I love Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I've got the album. I've got Deja Vu right over there on vinyl. It's beautiful. I know I know that they did the, the song Woodstock. <laughs> I apologize. I got to get it together. Get it together, Doc man. G, don't be so hard on yourself. It's okay. No, no. It happens. No, no. <laughs> Not on the show, Mike. We are a big deal. We are a big deal. We got to live up to it, you know? Yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah, you're Girl, right. come on. Anyways, Mike, what do you want to hear about? Do you want to hear, now that we're all caught pants. up? Pants. I like it. I like it. You you had pants in your mind. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that was going to be my first choice, but then you said illegal animals, and I'm like, man, I really love illegal animals. Uh. Illegal animals in my pants? I also pants? like old pants. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, so, uh, this is a pretty wild story, Mike, uh, from archaeology researchers in China. They mm. recently found a pair of pants in western China that they believe were made by an expert weaver over 3,000 years ago. Ooh. Yeah. It's one of the oldest pair of pants ever discovered. Ever discovered three thousand years ago, Mike. I was saying, I like, I don't know what that says about the expert weaver, <laughs> but I know it's not saying anything about Nike, since my pair of Nike sweatpants fall apart after about six months. So, like, three thousand years—that's some staying power, Mike. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. <laughs> and I'm not—I'm not even gonna front, Mike. These pants look pretty dope. That's right. If you—if you get a chance. You Google these 3,000-year-old pants. They got some cool designs yeah. at, like, the knees. Like, they got this, like, cool zigzaggy pattern. And then, like, they got some extra reinforcement around the crotch. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, they really went to town on this design. I mean, I'm sure. You know. I'm sure they're distressed. You know, add a little bit of uh, style I, to that in that way. <laughs> for, uh, impressive how little distressed they were. You know. Oh, okay. Like you're like, oh, these pants are three thousand years old. Like, does it say something about me that I'd be okay with wearing these three thousand year old pants and not think I'd look like a hobo? Like, it's pretty. It's pretty great. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I'm not an archaeologist, Mike. That's not my area of research. You know this. Uh, mm -hmm. But you got to imagine, 3,000 years, not everybody was wearing pants 3,000 years ago, right? No, like a lot of robes, I think, or... Maybe nothing, you know? Sheiks. Like, <laughs> Maybe well, nothing. I, I was just imagine there's just some dudes, you know, walking around with their whole kit and caboodle out on town yeah, you know yeah, just yeah. cruising around yeah. and they Not see, even a leaf <laughs> no well, and they see this dude walking over there with his fancy pants you know and they're like oh 
feel sort of goofy now. Look at that guy. He's got the zigzag patterns on his knees. <laughs> oh man, here I am just with everything hanging out. I gotta I gotta get some pants. How much did they cost? A gold rock? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I can't afford that. What That's... did you just call them? Pants? <laughs> pants. They're That's called not gonna work. Pants. They have <laughs> pockets. It's a thing you can put items in. You don't have to use your hands. It's crazy. Anyways, hats off to that 3,000-year-old pant wearer, whoever that was, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 just a, a, what, what am I looking for? A ceiling breaker, you know? No, yeah. no, no ceiling for this guy. He's just going to keep mm -hmm. going, you know? Anywho, Mike, let's move on to the last story that I wanted to cover, which was the San Diego story. A mm. uh, little bit of a frightening moment in San Diego. A uh, man was leaving Ralph's. Ever heard of the Ralph's grocery store? You know? Oh, Ralph's. I thought you said Ross. I was like, yeah, Ross. <laughs> yeah. Ralph's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Ralph's. I don't have any Ralph's around me, but I feel like I'd like to go to one just because it's Ralph. You know? Mm -hmm. I like the name. You know, That's there's a good no. Name. No fancy Ralph. Just I trust that name. Exactly. Exactly. I trust it because one of my dad's friends is Ralph. And he's just an oh, yeah? old crazy fella that I love, you know? Mm -hmm. Just Ralph. Yeah. Uh, he once got a piece of wood stuck in his head. True story. Ooh. Jeez. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Anyways, that's Jeez. not about this Ralph. This Ralph here, um, a man was leaving this Ralph's which this Ralph's was on Sports Arena Boulevard. Uh, and this was last Thursday at around 9 a.m. And uh, the man was leaving the store when he was stopped by a security guard. The security guard thought that this man was attempting to steal something uh, in his pants. When he was getting ready to ask the man what he was concealing, the man pulled out a knife and stabbed the security guard <laughs> in the stomach and fled the scene. Now, the cops chased Sorry, down... Oh, no, 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 no. It's... <laughs> Don't worry. The, the dude's fine. The security guard is fine. That's good. That's it was, good. That's good. It was scary moments to start. We can now laugh about it. I don't know if the security guard can laugh about it, but... Nope. We can't. <laughs> The cops were horrible people. So true. Uh, the cops chased down the man down the street. They caught up to him. They arrested him, and they found what he had stolen, Mike, was a box of condoms. Ah. He had stolen a box of condoms at 9 a.m. in the morning from a Ralph's and stabbed a security guard to get away with his box of condoms. Mm-hmm. Now, you know me, Mike. I like to accentuate the positive. Mm -hmm. So, I think we all need to say, we need to commend this man. We know what he did. Everything, the way he went about it was wrong. We know how yeah. stabbing was wrong. But I think mm -hmm. we need to commend him on having safe sex, right? Yeah, like, for sure. For sure. He definitely I mean, shouldn't have any more of him. That's a fact. I mean... No more. I mean, we condemn <laughs> him on stop his genes. We condemn him on everything else, but his choice of condoms positive. That was yeah, for sure. Which leads me to the next question, though, Mike. What kind of action is this dude getting 
that Warren's going to a Ralph's at 9 a.m. and stabbing a security guard over the condoms. Hmm. Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist. Some uh, serious action right there, Mike. Lost that connections. Is, that is, I mean, you know, like, you got to have something good going if you're like, I'm. Uh, it's worth. It's worth going to Ralph's, attacking mm-hmm. a security yeah. guard, and getting out there. Like, mm-hmm. you're putting it all on the line in that case. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. But, okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. Regardless, Mike, he was arrested. Bad decisions. Yeah. Bad decisions. The security guard, uh, I don't know. I'm guessing he's probably not out of the hospital, but they said he'd be fine. He went to a local hospital. That's good. They said he'd be fine. Uh, Anyways, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Adam Roth right here on the Doc G Show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are very happy to have a returning guest, Mr. Adam Roth, lead singer of Grizzfolk, creator of the new project, Death Cruiser. The new single, Life Number 2, is out today, April 13th. Adam, how are you, sir? I'm great, man. Just enjoying the weather out here in Joshua Tree, California. Yeah? Uh, you, I, I, when we were corresponding before this, you said you were out in the desert. Is that the... The desert you were in? Yeah, man. I, I've been uh, out here kind of working on a house, actually. Mm. Um, doing doing some painting today. But uh, yeah, I was just out out frolicking in the desert <laughs> yesterday. We went out to Jumbo Rocks. Just nice. No reception. So it's kind of nice to, you know, be out there and just be free with the with the wind now is that uh are, are you planning on i mean i know you're you're living in uh nashville or are you building a house for yourself or is that it's gonna be a an airbnb actually oh mm. yeah so i got this little house kind of here in yucca valley and um just been kind of working on it you know it's almost done but uh putting like a little studio in here too and i'm gonna Work on music here, and then when I'm not here, it's going to be a rental. Nice. Are you planning on renting it out to, like, other musicians that are looking since it's going to have that? Are you taking that equipment, like, with you (laughs) as you go? I'm going to put a piano in here and, you know, have a guitar. and Mm -hmm. I'm going to incorporate some musical elements into the the house, and then, you know, I'm going to definitely share it with all my music friends. Nice. You know, hopefully it'll be a place where people can come and be creative. I know that that's what it's going to be for me, because um, I, I I used to live in L.A. for a long time, and right. You know, I lo- I love. There's a lot of things I love about L.A., and there's a lot of things I don't love about L.A. And I figure if I can have a place to kind of come out here and stay and invite people out here to to work on music, um, you know, in a in a place where it's not so crazy, uh, I think that would be beneficial to my mental health. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, and I mean, you know, it might be inspiring to other people as far as just the, I mean, you know, the vistas, I'm guessing. There's some pretty good, 
you know, good good music. I mean, you too, Joshua Tree there, and uh, and uh, I mean, mm-hmm. Eagles. I don't know how many Eagles uh, 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 albums were at Joshua Tree. I know they went out there for their uh, first album. As far as inspiring the cover of it, they went out to Joshua mm-hmm. Tree. Um, but yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of history here for sure. Oh yeah, now, cool. Well, now I, I'm pretty sure we started the interview last year uh, with this, so I gotta I gotta ask: uh, Is is Miss Penny with you? She is actually. Nice. Uh, she's she's in the other room. I could go get her. Oh, you don't need to go. You don't need to. <laughs> I'm sure she's got better things to do than come on the Doc yeah. G show. It's okay. She loves. She loved coming on last time, man. Yeah. Was, uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Said hi. Good. Good. Uh, it's. Uh, it's good to know. I mean, does she? Does she like the desert? I mean, is. I mean, it's she obviously it. a big change from from Nashville type weather. She actually grew up out here, not far um, down the road in San Bernardino. So she loves it out here. She gets a little dusty though, and then she gets in the bed. So my bed is, you know, there's paw prints all up in my bed. I have white sheets, and um, so I've just kind of learned to live with the uh, dog hair and dust in my bed. Yeah, yeah, that uh, it, it would accumulate. It'd be my guess. It's it's sort of like gotta, living at the beach with the sand. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta wash your sheets every day. Yeah, it's one of those. That's that's one of the things I really like. Never got used when I was living in Miami. Uh, the sand at South Beach it sticks to you so much more than other sand because it's like that artificial sand. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. Never that was that was always the downside. Uh, and Is it really artificial? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, in, in South Beach, yeah, because basically that whole beach is pretty much made up, all of South Beach. Wow. Yeah, because oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty basically like swampy. Basic. It was is like sort of swampland, and then they filled it in everything around uh. there, and that's why, like, if you go to South Beach, you'll notice the drop off. Like as far as like into the water, it's just basically yep. straight off into like waste high water. That's mm-hmm. why. Because they didn't okay. basically, but if you go like down the road to like Key Biscayne, it's actually like you would think, sort of like those Florida beaches that you're like, oh okay, oh, yeah. yeah, because it's. Oh, I love it down there. Yeah, it's natural beach, and that's yeah, mm. much much I like better. Like the Keys. Oh yeah, mm. oh yeah, it's I love uh, that drive. You know, it's uh, you you feel you feel out there, it feels sort of surreal on the mm-hmm. on the Keys as you're as you're riding out there, but then you get to Key West and. Uh, you meet some interesting around. folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, my days of uh, my days of living it up down in Key West are. I mean, I, I go down there for the food, but yeah, I turn around right before Key West. Yeah, I. You know, people. There's two things I don't think people realize how many there are in Key West. One, uh, naked homeless people. There's a ton of naked homeless people. There's like a group that just. That's their deal. They just sort of hang on the beach being naked. And then there's also a ton of roosters. Hmm. There are just roosters oh, yeah. going everywhere in Key West. And it's it's a weird place. I mean, it's a it's like you said, you can you can get into some shenanigans, but it's also just a weird place in general. It's mm-hmm. but you know, it's uh good weather. That's a positive. I used to drink those painkillers. Which ones? I've had those. 
painkiller? Oh, the yeah, yeah. Those definitely, yeah. as far as uh, that's popular, popular in Key West for sure. Uh, you know, I I always was able to stay away from that. I wasn't able to stay away from the uh, the the pound chocolate chip cookies they have. I don't know if you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh sweets oh they're oh they're so good there's there's a couple oh, of places man. on duvall street if you go down there literally like cookies like that big like i and they're over a pound and they advertise them as over a pound and they they, oh, wow. they do that where they just they don't cook it all the way and they're basically uh, they're like super fresh so it's just this mm-hmm. doughy explosion oh Oh man, that sounds great. If you're not look, if you're not looking to drink, folks, that's the way to go in Key West. And I would say, I thought you, I thought you meant uh, pound, like you know, pound cake. Yeah, I thought you meant like like that, but cookie. <laughs> that would <laughs> that would be pretty delicious too. Somebody needs to do it. I will, uh, I will support that uh, that decision of making a pound cake cookie. That sounds great. Yeah, chocolate covered. Exactly. Exactly. Well. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about the Death Cruiser stuff, uh, but we I, I, before we want to get to uh, Death Cruiser, I do want to say uh, we were getting ready uh, the last time we talked. You were getting ready for the first Grizzfolk uh, performance in a really long time. You guys were getting ready to play the Moroccan Lounge, and this was supposed mm. to be the release of the new album. It got canceled. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. and you didn't actually get any shows up and running until literally just a couple months ago, until February, and you had a mm-hmm. really good string of, uh, I think five, five shows there throughout California, and you had a, had a legendary troubadour in there in that run of shows. That was the, I think, the second show. Just how were those shows coming back? How'd it feel? Oh, man. It was it was great, honestly. I, I you know, it's just it's been so long since we were able to to do our thing and and just just people, you know, there was people that flew in from, you know, out of state to come see us and that was just mind-blowing. But it just felt so good to be back and singing singing songs and just, you know, felt felt a lot of love from a lot of people and you know, it was just great and you know, we're looking forward to hitting the road again. You know, maybe sometime later this year. Nice. Like that. But uh, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, now we're kind of um, just take, pushing pause right now for a minute. Gotcha. Um, kind of all working on different different projects and stuff. But man, yeah, it was it was so great to be back. Did you and, did you uh, forget a little bit? Was it like riding a bike, or was it like oh this I'd know this? Yeah, it was it was it was like riding a bike. We had some good rehearsals, and honestly, rehearse I love rehearsing. Um, you know, because you get to work out those kinks, and you know, no one gets to to see you work it out. So it's it's a little fun to just you know mess up a little bit and not have not have to worry about messing up. Yeah. Um, and you know, we we don't live in the same city, so it's nice to get back together again. And um, yeah, yeah, it's it's great, man. It's it's crazy. You know, times have changed so much, and you know, we've all sort of grown a lot over the years because it's you know the pandemic. We didn't really tour much. You yeah, know, and we tried, but it got canceled, and so we've all changed a lot. And you know, it's it's just interesting to come back and you know experience sort of this new new Grizz folk. You know, yeah, we're all kind of uh, grow growing together and growing. You know, 
in different ways. Uh, it's interesting. Well, I, I ask this a lot, and I mean, I know you guys have played there before, but I always have to ask, like, what's, what's it like playing the Troubadour? Because I feel like it's just got to be one of those places. I mean, the, the, I mean, talk about, like you said, like the magical vibes. I mean, you know, the birds play there, Richard Pryor, a Joni Mitchell debut, and Gordon Lightfoot debut, and James Taylor debut, and Elton John, like... Just all of these things. How does it feel? Well, the room itself is, it's a small room, you know, and the stage is, you feel like you're in the room with the, like you feel like you're in the crowd, mm -hmm. you know? And so you got this feeling of community and the, the staff that work there are just, they're great, you know, and you just feel very welcome. Um, and you, you do sort of feel like you're a part of history and in a sense, you kind of feel like oh, I'm not worthy, you know, like the, all these other artists that have played there. And, you yeah. know, I'm just like this, this guy, you know, and so it's just you feel really grateful to be on that stage. And I'm, I'm always so grateful to, to be able to be on that stage. We've played there, I think, three times now. Yeah. And um, every time it's just the sound in that room is just is incredible, too, you know, and it's part part because of the sound guy, but it's also something about the the room you know it's vibrate the wood and on the walls has vibrated so many times you know in so many different directions and and it's been vibrated by the rolling stones and by the doors and you know so you kind of you kind of feel that you know and you feel like it's living you're a part of this living thing you know it's like that old um, guitar with the old wood. yeah it's like yeah. an old guitar yeah yeah and it, it's just you know, you always you kind of walk away, you know, with your ears ringing. You, you know, you just you just feel like something. You were a part of something special yeah. that couldn't have existed. You know, like you couldn't you couldn't like if I walked in there and there was no crowd and played in there, it wouldn't. You know, that wouldn't be very special. But there's something about when you put up you put a crowd of people in there and you experience this moment together, and it's in this really special place. Yeah, um, it's just you walk away with this memory that you'll never forget for sure for sure it uh to me you know obviously never really toured with uh with a band nope. but like to me that would always be the, one of the pinnacles i feel like as far as just uh places to play just because of who i really love in music and who's played there and just like all the pivotal points and and like I said, comedy too. Like I mean, Richard Pryor doing his live records there. Like just so, so, so mm. many moments. And like, and and every, every sort of genre too. Because I mean, it started with all of your really cool early '70s stuff. But then you know they were at the wave of of both thrash metal and hair metal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you had like Metallica's first concert in. Uh, L.A. at the Troubadour, and then you have uh, Pearl Jam's first concert in Cal in California. There, like, just uh, mm -hmm. so cool. Guns and Roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guns and Roses first concert there, or Appetite for Destruction, as far as getting signed there. You know, yeah. uh, I just I picture that Wayne's World episode. Like, Weird, <laughs> exactly. That's how I feel. You know, it's it's it. You know, it's, it's got to be a cool be place, a, it's like a museum or something. yeah. Yeah, and getting to play there, and, and like you said, having having the energy of a crowd, feeling the energy of the place, and you getting to play your own songs there—definitely a cool moment. Now, a little bit before those shows, I noticed 
you you actually got uh, you had COVID there uh, in in January. Uh, how how rough did it get? Was it it was a bad case or fairly mild? It, it was really mild, honestly. It was it was like a you know little cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I maybe had a I had I had a sore throat for about four or five days. So I got really lucky. You know, I know some people that had it really bad, and I know that it can get can get way worse. So oh, for sure. I'm really I'm really uh, really thankful that it didn't get too bad but yeah it wasn't so bad and you know now i got those antibodies so i I did notice you were rocking that on dolly parton's birthday and of course oh yeah (laughs) we always rock dolly parton's birthday on the show well when it's on on the show she's fantastic i'm i'm a big fan of dolly's uh what uh, what would you say is Jolene your favorite song? Because that was the one you were you were playing. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I, I love I love listening to people cover that song too. It's just like there's so many different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it turns out I have a house in Nashville, and it turns out it's like a block from her first house in Nashville, and it's in it's sort of South Nashville. It's an area called Glencliff. Mm. Um, it's not a very hip place to live. It's um. She doesn't seem worried. Neighborhood. She doesn't seem worried about living in a hip you place. You would anyways. never guess. Yeah, you would never. When I found out that she her house was there, and I drove by it, I'm like, that, you would just never know that Dolly yeah. Parton lived there. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool. And, you know, she seems like really humble and down to earth. She, she. We know she is. She's a boss, man. I mean, just I, you yeah. Know, I was thinking about that when I, I when I wrote it down. You playing Jolene because I was just like, I mean, she. You know all all the things that she's done to to give back and just basically to, to be a, a you know help the community and she never like I mean some of the things get out there in the press like with the uh, vaccine or her helping uh, giving a million and a half or whatever to to Vanderbilt to work on the the vaccine but like some of the stuff like you just never hear about she has a uh, like a a reading a children's reading campaign that I don't know how many thousands and thousands of kids it's given books to over the years it's just a wow super great lady that's amazing yeah yeah and have you been to dolly world i have never been to dolly world i've been by it never been in it uh i haven't been in it (laughs) but she's uh she's got i was gonna say she's got a killer like i actually love some of her covers of other people's stuff because like of course mule skinner blues like just such a good version, and then uh, Seven Bridges Road. I actually didn't know she had done a, a mm. version of Seven Bridges Road, and she like I'm guessing they just oh, uh, you know sort of overlaid her her vocals of the different levels of the harmony, and it's just so good, such a mm. such a killer version. I mean, I'm probably not gonna put it over the Eagles version, but still, it's <laughs> amazing version. Uh, yeah, man. Anyways, let's talk about the new stuff. Uh, okay. Death Cruiser. Uh, so you chose the name, and you had a little explanation of it on Instagram. Uh, sort of Death Cruiser, meaning that it's your way to passage. Music is your way to to pass through difficult situations, somewhat uh, analogous to uh, a sugar skull, and the way that uh, Mexican culture sort of made a very difficult thing into a celebration uh, sort of a passage when was that when did you come up with that sort of because i mean i know i think i actually i think i saw when you changed your 
uh, Instagram handle to Death Cruiser? Was that when when you were like, this is the name? It was about, yeah, I mean, it was about six months before that. I, you know, I had this list in my iPhone notes of, you know, because I, I decided I was, you know, I'm going to put out some new music, but I don't want to use my name. And I decided that I, I wanted to come up with a name. So I had all these names and I was staring at this, you know, decorated skull. Um, and the word Death Cruiser just kind of flew out and I wrote it down. And at first it was kind of like, oh, this sounds kind of like a metal name or something, yeah. you know? And like, and then I, my, you know, the more I thought about it, I was like, well, first of all, it's not taken, mm. which was kind of that's a huge tough. thing. Yeah. That's the hardest part, yeah. honestly, man. I've got so many names that are like, well, that's it. And then you look it up and it's <laughs> some <laughs> band. Oh, man. <laughs> Group in Norway. Like, Come on. Yeah. It's like Antarctica. What <laughs> <you're using? laughs> um, but yeah, then I just started thinking about it more. And I was like, you know, my dad, my dad had passed away in 2020. Mm. And then we kind of were surrounded by this, you know, so much, so much, you know, death. Yeah, you know, honestly, in, in the world. And that was all we were hearing about. And I was like, you know, this this music has literally um, been my death cruiser. It's been it's been sort of a vehicle to that I've been riding on um, sort of to pass through grief. And, um, you know, and also, you know, music music is inspiring to me. And it's it's also, you know, it's it's not like a, it's not like a thing where I pick up the guitar and I write about death. It's, that's almost honestly I haven't even written much about yeah death yeah um, it's not really that it's um, it's sort of just been music is this thing that I come to when I am you know just going through anything mm -hmm. um, whether it's something happy or sad or whatever it is it's but for me it's you know the past few years I've been sort of grieving the loss of my dad so that's sort of how it tied in with the name and gotcha here we are gotcha well now uh you said you had multiple names do you have do you have any of those goofy names that you can remember that you did not go yeah. with yeah i was i was gonna go with chip snake chip snake uh, which is really really dumb <laughs> <laughs> well if you remember if you remember, I don't know if you remember from last time, but we were talking. I told you about my name for a group from uh, the Florida Panhandle, Panhandle Hookers. I mean, I don't think it fits oh, the gravity of your situation, but oh man, that's a good name. It's still out there, so just uh, you know, nobody from the Panhandle has taken me up on it yet. But we're gonna, I'm gonna rope somebody in with that name. Um, yeah, I've got some other ones that are pretty dumb, but <laughs> yeah, nothing good. I had one uh, crouton. Crouton. What was the yeah. idea there? There's not one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crouton. Well, that was that was. Uh, I was I was just talking to a group about that. They were talking about how they they start getting confused when they're writing down new music, and you know they put they put new song one and then a new song two a new song and all of a sudden they've got a file of like 700 new songs so they started just putting random names to the songs and they'd remember them that way you know and it would be something like crouton and then people would be like what does crouton mean they'd be like i don't know and just put it down there that's what it is so yeah and then they started yeah. liking that more than actually trying to you know give it a name so you know 
Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Band names are hard. <laughs> it's the hardest part of, of being in a band is coming up with a band name. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like people just really, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes it just comes in there and it's just perfect. And then sometimes you really got to work with it. I like mm -hmm. Death Cruiser. I really like Thanks. it. Thanks. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like you said, at first I did hear it and I was like, is he going like hard rock? Is this like a... But then once you actually explained it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. Cool. Like, it, it, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll, see how, we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm a little... The name is always kind of, you know, it's, I could sit here and think about it forever and I was about to say it love it and I'm like, I don't know. It's, it's malleable. It's, it's, like, uh, it's, it's like Pearl Jam. You know, they came out as Mookie B Blaylock there uh, to start, and then they changed it oh, to okay. changed it to Pearl Jam because Mookie Blaylock was like, "Hey, that's my name. You can't use my name." <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, um, had you had you thought about doing solo music before, like basically the rough patches in your life before your dad passing away, and and you know sobriety and all of those things sort of at once. Yeah, um, you know, the past 10 years have been pretty busy with with my band Grizzfolk. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, there's definitely, I've been con consistently writing over, you know, over my whole entire life. And so I've got this sort of arsenal of songs that um, they, they don't, they wouldn't really work for anybody else other than me, probably. Mm. Um, so I've been sort of stockpiling. And then, so this EP that I'm putting out, um, that'll be out later this summer. It's sort of there are some songs on it. It's it's mainly all written during the pandemic, though. Um, but I do have some some other songs that I'm going to record that are a little older. That um, you know, to just they don't they're you know I've 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 got a lot of songs that that wouldn't work for Griswold that that maybe wouldn't work for anybody else. And yeah, those those will probably end up coming out on the death cruiser project well i i know i had a lot of uh a, a lot of music groups that came on the show that when we talked about like doing music in the pandemic they were worried about their songs coming out pandemic-y you know coming out sounding like it like it was automatically dated like it was automatically mm -hmm. in this frame do you think mm -hmm. it's 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 there or i mean i would say i mean by the way that you framed it it seems more like it's just music for sort of therapy to a degree yeah i mean the topics you know life number two is is a lot a lot about my you know my struggle with alcohol and hard mm -hmm. drugs yeah um and uh but there's some other songs that are coming out there's a song called night on fire mm -hmm. that's going to be coming out and you know that one is you know it's sort of about it, we, it 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 was written you know around the time july 4th and there was some riots happening yeah just sort of like an observation um in sort of a moment in time and mm -hmm. um it, you know i think that the the goal is to write something that could be sort of an art piece that lives on your wall and but it could be interpreted several different ways and it could be something that um you know, you might think it's about one thing, but it's really about this, and um, it's supposed to give people hope, and it's supposed to sort of bring 
two pe- two different types of people together. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's kind of my my goal with all of this music, as um, I feel like there's a lot of division in the in our country, definitely in the world. But you know, there's a lot of division in our country right now, and I I I feel politically homeless, and I you know I know you didn't ask about my politics, but <laughs> my politics are. You know, my politics are I don't I don't like politicians. Yeah. And uh and uh I feel like there's a lot of division in our country and I feel like what can I do to bring people together? Mm-hmm. Um and to maybe see, you know, see people they don't like uh see, maybe find something that you do like about them or, or realize you have more in common with someone that you don't understand yet. Yeah. And um so that's kind of there's a lot of that happening in the EP and we'll, you know, we'll get into that, but you know, I think I, I've, I've, I've just been trying to figure out what is, what is my voice in mm-hmm. the world and what can I, what can I bring to the, to the conversation, um, that doesn't create more division. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, honestly, uh, I, I'm, I'm in the boat with you in the fact that I think that, uh, there's, there's a lot more that bring people together than, separate us i mean you know that that's the thing is there's that one political thing might not even be political but it's that one thing that you just use as this divisive tool and then regardless uh, everything else sort of stacks up on one side or the other and uh mm-hmm. yeah i think music can definitely be you know uh especially like i always look at somebody like johnny cash you know Johnny Cash was that guy that brought everybody together. There were the people mm-hmm. on the super far right, the super far left, everybody in between. And and he knew how to sort of speak to all of those people. And, uh, and I think, you know, his, his music still does. So there's definitely a need need for more of that music. Uh, yeah. That sort of brings, brings folks in. I was also thinking when you were saying before, uh, uh, light, uh, light Up the Night, Fire. Oh, Night on Fire. Night on Fire. Uh, You know, Night on Fire, the same thing sort of... I was having the same idea in my head when I was listening to the Red Hot Chili Peppers' new song, Black Summer. I feel like there was some of that in there. I don't know, but it's like you said. I might be interpreting Mm -hmm. that. Could be completely wrong. Who knows? But that's the... I haven't heard it. Beauty of the lyrics, you know? You can interpret it the way you want. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, uh, you know, you were mentioned, I mean, already as far as just Death Cruiser in general, it's your your vehicle. The music is your vehicle to get through those those rough situations. And I think a ton of listeners can relate to that in the fact that, you know, most people have those songs they go to when they want to feel an emotion or they want to escape an emotion. Uh, and I was wondering, do you feel a difference? Uh, and I'm guessing you do, or do you think there's a difference between sort of the feeling you get from music creation versus listening to music in those difficult times? Yeah, I think I, I think as a, as an, as a writer and artist, I think I, I, you know, for me, it's writing, you Mm -hmm. know, I always try to interpret what's going on and like, you know, I try to channel, I try to, you know, I get it, I, I figure out, you know, I, 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 I take it in, you know, I figure out what's going on and then I sort of just like let it flow out of me when I'm writing and I, I don't 
really, um, you know, I just let the floodgates open mm-hmm. and whatever comes out is what comes out. And then I try to interpret that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, a lot of times there's, you know, a lot, there's things I didn't realize, um, about myself when I'm writing. And, uh, you know, I think that, yeah, for me, it's, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a wordsmith and a lyricist first and foremost, you know, and there's times where I don't even really listen to music. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of jazz mm. and uh, piano music. Mm. It's weird because a lot of times when I when I listen to things with lyrics, I you know I just I think right now I'm kind of in this introspective world where I you know I don't I don't know what it is I like anymore. I'm trying to figure it out. You know, so yeah. there's a lot of great music out there. I'm not saying there's not, but. I think for me, I'm I'm trying to figure out what it is, what what is my voice, and how can I be different mm-hmm. um, than other artists. Mm-hmm. And so and so, I'm on this journey of, you know, like not even really listening to things with lyrics. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll, I'll get online and Spotify and try to find instrumental music, and you know, just trying to f- figure out what it is, what sound is you know intriguing to me, what chord progressions from instrumental music mm-hmm. and intrigue me. So it's weird. Are you, are you, a, weird. are you a person that, I mean, in the past as a lyricist, have you been one of those people that wants to like gets inspired by other people's lyrics? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there's also so much music out there these days, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to sift through. There's a lot of new music coming out too, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely um, I enjoy you know like the Bob Dylans, mm-hmm. Tom Petty. I'm mm-hmm. a huge Tom Petty fan. I like really simple lyrics. Mm. I like it when it's just like seemingly oh, okay. simple. Yeah, yeah, when it's not overly complicated. And I think Tom Petty was really good at that. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. You know? Well, I, I saw that you had, like, uh, Wildflower was what inspired you to be a lyricist, or at least that's what you had back in the day, you said. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, that is, uh, the, the whole album is just uh, fantastic. I mean, you don't know how it feels, and uh, just mm-hmm. uh, so, so, many, so many good uh, songs on that album. Do you ever look to navigate sort of emotions with uh with music listening to music yeah definitely i mean especially when i was younger um and i do and i still do now but i remember when i was younger you know i would, I would be really upset and i'd put on the deftones or something mm-hmm. you know some really heavy metallica or just something just to really you know i used the you know, higher I've, highs the high the high yeah high. you know mm-hmm. but yeah absolutely i mean i think lately you know i've been really into to listening to radio, mm-hmm. um, like Spotify radio, or mm-hmm. just, just any kind of radio where someone's picking, picking it for me, and I'll set the like I'll, I'll click on a mood, mm-hmm. you know, and just see what happens. Like I, I want to feel uplifted, or mm-hmm. you know, if, if I am kind of feeling like I want to just be mellow, I'll just I'll look for a mellow radio. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's kind of I'm I'm a weird. I'm weird when it comes to weird taste. My, my listening happens. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is right now that um, I don't know what what my style is that I like. To, like, if someone asks me what I, what I listen to, I, I honestly I don't know. <laughs> I'm so. Uh, oh, I, I you know I, I, 
the new killers record i love the new killers record yeah but i've been digging i've been going backwards i've been listening to a lot of the old tom petty stuff and, mm. um like the jazz like with the the uh the heartbreakers like yeah the, yeah nice but uh the highway companion record mm -hmm. i love that record He's now like, like when you listen yeah. i mean obviously you, you mentioned it before as far as the the simple lyrics like i'm guessing now though like you mentioned as far as uh as far as like chord progressions and stuff is it is it the music that's moving you more now i mean is that what you're listening for is like the melody and and whatnot instead of the lyrics yeah, i think it's like a tone you know like what is the the overall yeah, feel the, the emotion yeah you know what is the emotion that i that i want to feel and put out there but mm -hmm. um, as far as writing goes I, I lately what i do is i i, I look for a concept mm -hmm. or a message you know or um even a, just a song title will come into my mind and i'll be like oh, okay i could do something with that mm -hmm. um but like right now i'm in this phase where i'm trying to do something more than just write a song i've written so many songs and you know it's 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 become it's easy to just sit down and write a song when you know how to write a song. Yeah. And I think for me, the challenge is what is the purpose? And, mm -hmm. You know, what is my, what is the message and what is the purpose of this song? Mm -hmm. And that, that's become sort of my challenge. Yeah. And, um, and it's a fun challenge. Just dig a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I get, I, I get the easy songwriting or at least I've seen it in other artists i think you know i automatically when you said that and again i know the listeners are going to be like oh jesus christ he's bringing up the eagles again but i'm going to bring up the <laughs> eagles one Girl, come on. and the same thing with metallica both of those bands you look at this point in their career they got to this point where all of a sudden they realize like we can come to the studio without anything prepared and we can come up with songs that people like what's the point like they they sort of lost it metallica lost it around saint anger before that and the eagles lost it on the long run where they came in with nothing and they were just like okay well we'll write some songs and they wrote some songs and they were all like i mean there was five hits on that song uh, on that album and they're just like what am i doing this for and i think you know they all had to go sort of do the same thing and you know Don Henley went and did his own thing, and Glenn Fry did his own thing, and same thing with uh, with Metallica, except it was sort of outside of music that they went out, and then they came back and found it. So, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, I think there is, uh, you know, digging deeper to find it, uh, and uh, hopefully Death Cruiser's uh, gonna gonna find some things for some uh, some of the listeners out there. I hope so. Uh, but now on Death Cruiser, I noticed I was. Uh, Cruising the social medias, and I saw that you'd done some uh, done some photos uh, with uh, Jessica Lee, and uh, oh yeah, I noticed in those. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it appeared to be a 1966 Ford Mustang in those shots. Mm -hmm. Now, now was that a shooting prop, or was that the actual cruiser? Was that your is that your actual cruiser? I wish that was mine. Oh, okay. It, it was not. No, it was it was someone else's. It was a prop. And, but uh, Penny got to ride, right? She got to ride. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, those are I love I love I love those old Mustangs. Now did you uh did you actually get to take it for a cruise around or was it just for the shots? 
Yeah, no, I took it for a little cruise. Nice. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. I love I love the smell of those things, man. I love the way the way they burn, you know. <laughs> well, now that's what I was gonna ask. If you're since you're a Mustang fan, uh, how how do you feel uh, about them coming out uh, with the the Mustang electric SUV? Like, oh, I haven't seen that. It's the Mach E. So Mustang oh. Mach E. Now. I thought when I heard this news that they were going to come out with like a true looking Mustang and that was going to be the electric car and I was totally fine with that. But then they came out with this thing that they called a Mustang, but it looks like an SUV and it's got the horse on the front and everything. And I was like, I don't, I, yeah, it's, I'm not feeling it. I'm not, I want a real deal electric Mustang. Like I wanted to look like the one that you were standing beside, uh, mm -hmm. but have an electric yeah, uh, uh, motor in it. But you got to check it out. Let me know what you Maybe think. Because I don't think yeah, I'll check that out. I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll be impressed being a fan of a real deal. I mean, I'm. I'm happy they're coming out with new electric uh, opportunities, but that's the styling wasn't doing it for me. It wasn't Man. doing it for me. Um, right. I'll, yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. Oh. Mock Mock E. But uh, Mach -E? Mach -E. Right. now uh, let's talk the newest single, Life Number Two. Uh, it's got uh, Lydia Loose on it. Um, yep. Now this seems to be, like you sort of mentioned, it, it, I guess it's a, a big part of that theme overall of the writing, sort of a, a, check in, a second chance song. Yeah, um, it's this feeling. So when I first quit drinking... Um, but almost four years ago, it felt like I had killed my previous self. And the, uh, you hear about this in, in sobriety. Mm -hmm. It feels like you, you, you killed whatever that person was that was yourself mm -hmm. prior to, prior to that. Yeah. It, it feels like you're in this sort of new life and, um, you kind of have to learn to live again, mm -hmm. um, you know, because you have to do everything different. Mm -hmm. You know, all, all the things you were doing before didn't got to get them work. out yeah it's a really beautiful process and i, I wouldn't uh you know i wouldn't change it for the world and, I, and so it's, it's just this sort of like i struggled with that chorus for a long time life number two mm -hmm. um and then one day it just it just popped out you know and it made a lot of sense and i'm really i'm really excited for it to be out you know it's, for sure it's been a I, I wrote it you know it's been it the beginning of the pandemic is when i sort of started writing it so it's been at this point a couple of years yeah yeah it's kind of crazy but well, um it's funny that you mentioned you know as far as like going into a, a a new life killing that old you uh i don't know if you've ever heard of him you might have been around him in nashville but travis meadows have you ever heard the name travis meadows i've heard the name yeah yeah actually. so you know but he's I don't He's he he writes a lot a lot of country stuff. Uh, you know, he's written with Blackberry Smoke, and he's had some other like some of his songs uh, performed by some some you know the big artists as far as Nashville. But he cool. really struggled with alcohol and uh, and drug addiction. I mean, he went to rehab six times uh, and and failed you know every time except for that last one. And that last one. Uh, one of the one of the folks he was working with said, "Hey, write a journal. Always helps to write a journal." He's like, "I don't write journals." And they were like, mm. "He was like, I write songs." And they were like, "Do that then." 
And so, like, one of the first songs he wrote was called Killing Uncle Buzzy. And that was basically, you know, killing that old self. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I, I definitely think there's there's some folks, and regardless, uh, regardless if they went through anything addiction-wise, you, you always have those turning points in your life that you want to yeah. start, like you said, start over new and, uh, and feel mm-hmm. like, and then you look back at it and you go, what was I doing? That was... Yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah. You know, one of my friends actually described it as, you know, he said, it's more like you're sober from from destructive behaviors, behaviors, you know, because a lot of the things that led me to, you know, that that I did when I was drinking or, you know, the time when I was, you know, that the whole previous, my whole previous life before I quit was like almost everything was sort of a destructive behavior. Mm-hmm. Well, now, how did you, uh, how did Lydia become a uh, part of this project? Uh, so the producer I'm working with, his name is Randall Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was like, hey, I think we should have a female sing sing on this. And I was like, yeah. And he, he, uh, he, uh, he's like, hey, I got, I know this girl, Lydia. She's, she's, she could be available and her voice is incredible. And I was like, all right, we'll see if she's, she's into it. And she, uh, she came over and she played cello. I think in violin as well, um, but yeah, she she really made the song sound super sweet. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really really grateful for her to for her for her voice and her talent on the song. Nice. Now, well, now we you 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 talked about it a little bit, um, but I, I have how how is it different writing these songs? Uh, a death cruiser song relative to to working on a Grizzfolk song because I mean I feel like with a Grizzfolk song you know Sebastian Frederick had input like it's got to be different writing it all your, yourself yeah there's it's a different process it's a it's a whole different process um, and for me it's a it's a lot more freedom which you know good or bad freedom you know the, the Grizzfolk process is very you know everyone has sort of um their vision you know and that and everyone's input and everyone's vision together creates the Grizzfolk sound yeah um which you you can only get that sound by having that yeah that vision together with a group of people mm-hmm. so this is definitely a little a little more um it's a little bit more simple um and you know, my manager Rico has really helped me sort of identify what it is. I'm, you know, he, he he's he's really good. He's he's like my own filter as well. He kind of takes what I do and uh, helps me sort of dumb it down and, and like point out the things that aren't good and things that are good. Mm-hmm. And and so my manager Rico, he actually uh, wrote a couple songs with me on this new record. Nice. Um, yeah. So he's he's a great songwriter as well and so um you know we're we're both really excited about about this well now on that i mean this is obviously like you said it's more of a freedom but it's also that's the thing is it's more on you uh are you have you been nervous leading up to this release like oh man this is this is a solo project versus grizz folk where i've got the whole band it's all of us yeah, it's it's definitely. I feel, you know, I feel the fear of being a new artist and, and like, are people gonna 
you know, react? Are they going to like the music? I don't know. You know, it's like, it just feels, I feel very free right now. I feel like there's endless possibilities. And also I'm just, I'm really excited to just release these songs into the world. They've, they've been kicking around my brain for, for so long. And I think there's something very freeing about just letting it, giving it to the world and then moving on. Yeah. You know, and, and letting it be someone else's song. Yeah. Do you think, do you think, uh, you know, there will be Grizzfolk fans that connect heavily to it? I mean, obviously, you've, you've already said it's, it's, it's different. You've got different voices in Grizzfolk and whatnot, but do you think there's, there's a bridge there that obviously can be connected? Uh, I hope so, but uh, at the same time, it's it's a different. It's definitely different. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a little bit more raw, um, and so I don't. I honestly don't know. And that's part of the fear. It's like, you know, well, yeah. Am I start? Am I starting over? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. You know, it's like starting over. But I think there's something fun about starting over too. Oh yeah. You know, and the the life number two. It is. It it's a song about starting over. Yeah. Very cool. What better song to kick it off with, you know? Yeah. Well, now, uh, along with that, as far as starting over again, are you you planning on touring with, uh, you know, coming out, doing new shows with Death Cruiser? Absolutely. Yeah, I think the the plan is, you know, the album, the EP is going to come out later this summer and going to start doing some shows um, probably around the EP release. Nice. That way people have uh, something to listen to beforehand. Yeah. Um, now, is this coming yeah. out? It, are, are the plans now as far as EP, is there a hard copy availability or is this all digital? I'm hoping to put out a hard copy, maybe a vinyl or something something like that. Um, do people still listen to CDs? I'm not really <laughs> sure. Uh, you use them on the radio, right? My brother of... does. That's for sure. Okay. Uh, my brother will get uh, any hard copy he believes is worth in his library. Uh, he may, I don't know. Obviously, there's some wacky people out there, but he's definitely like in the, I don't know, top. 0.1% of CD owners because he's got about 7,000 or so. So okay. he's, uh, but I'm, uh, you know, f- for our studio, we we like the big art of vinyl. So we're always looking for the, the front covers of the vinyl, uh, mainly for the art, because obviously we can do it digital uh, as far as, as far as the music, but going to keep an eye out for the, for the vinyl of the EP. Yeah. Now, absolutely. Can we release a, a name, or has the name is it still under wraps for the EP? Still haven't, uh, still still haven't nailed it down yet. Oh no, it's like it's like the band name. Oh no. Yeah, oh, you don't no. even want to know how long that list is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't even I haven't even started thinking about the name yet. Okay. Now, I mean, I have I have the the songs been solidified, the ones that you want to have on the EP. Songs are done, recorded, okay. mastered, everything's done. Um, and so the way that I've been kind of rolling this project out is is just one song at a time, um, you know. And then when we get towards the fourth song, we're gonna put the put the EP out with a couple extra songs on it. See how each each one of the releases go as you as you as you release them. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah. 
Well, one one last question about it. Uh, when you start touring, is a return to the home state in in plans? Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, planning on being being there all over Florida. I love Florida. I, I might move back there one day. Hey, it's a place everybody loves to retire. So you know, <laughs> you, you can always put it back there. If you don't come back now, you can put it in here like 25, 35 years from now. You can come back to Florida, put on the old, uh, you know, white shoes, play some uh, play some shuffleboard, play some golf, call it a day. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's well, the plan. Adam, we are up against a break, man, but I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us again. Thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Hope to be down there soon. Oh. Well, we will if if you can come by, we would love you to come by the studio. If not, just let us know yeah. where you're performing and we'll show up. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Listeners, you can keep up with Adam on Instagram at Death Cruiser. You can stream all of the upcoming music on all streaming platforms. We've waited long enough. Let's take a listen to life number two right here on the Doc G show. Self-righteous way Everything's alright But we're not all okay Getting myself out Where I can stay Oh God Help me get out the way I found God In a cigarette Blanket of lies to cover my head I just can't run from the things that I've said Oh God, help me in heaven forbid Don't give up on yourself And I won't give up on you Kiss the ground cause I'm
The Doc G Show. You just heard Adam Roth, better known as Death Cruiser. That's his newest single right there, folks. Go out there. Get it. Get it on Spotify. Get it on iTunes. You know, you'll probably make his day more if you get it on iTunes, because then you can actually, like, pay for it. Then he's just getting getting straight Mm -hmm. money for it instead of, like one-tenth of a cent yeah. like you'd be getting on Spotify. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, think about exactly. it. If you can, just go ahead and, and go go get go get it on iTunes. If you can't, second best option, go ahead and get it on Spotify. Either way, do it for do it for Adam. Such a fantastic guy, Mike. I'm excited about mm-hmm. his yeah. uh, Airbnb there. Josh uh, sa- Sounds nice. You, you know about... you. You know about those Airbnbs out there? You ever stayed in one? So not in Joshua Tree, but there was an Airbnb in Zion National Park, and it was in it was a uh, a wagon like a covered wagon Airbnb. Word. They also had tents. You could sleep in a tent. It's uh, it's called glamping, glamour camping, and those yes. places are more expensive than a hotel room. Like I'm not sleeping in a wagon for three hundred dollars <laughs> a night. I can go to this really weird looking hotel <laughs> for a hundred now, now mike i know i remember back in the day uh on a former show i brought up parks and rec and you'd never seen parks and rec but they bring no. up they bring up glamour camping in one episode because <laughs> really? somebody's trying somebody's trying to turn ron swanson's uh cabin into a a, a mm. glamour camping site and he is not happy about it nope. and i gotta be i gotta be honest mike i'm with you i i would not want to do that no like, way no way why why would you do that like if i'm gonna do no that way. i might as well just camp and not pay anything <laughs> for it you know yeah. like why am I going to pay $300 when I can just get a tent and a sleeping yeah. bag and be miserable myself without That's having to pay $300? They take the, it's amazing photography. They get you with the photography because the, oh, their yeah, they tent get, photography is amazing. You're like, wow, get this the tent angles. Is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Lighting. It's got everything stars. I could want. Look at that. <laughs> wow. I could live in that tent. It's so spacious. And then you get yeah. there and you're like, oh, I forgot this. Whoops. Yeah. You know. Or a wagon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about a wagon. Like, why would you covered wanna, wagons? Why would you want to be in a wagon? That makes I no sense. Oh, you played a lot of Oregon Trail as a kid, and you're like, man, I really want to have the experience. <laughs> I really some. wanted to get dysentery. <laughs> there uh, you go. <laughs> hunt, 
Hunt uh, some buffalo and get dysentery. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. be in it. Let's let's be honest, Mike. We were all in it on Oregon Trail just oh, for yeah. the hunting. Yeah. You get like sure. four you get four hundred rounds of ammunition and you just go out there. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Guys, I got seven thousand animals. This <laughs> is awesome. It was like the first time in school where I felt like I was playing a video game and I was still in school. Oh, yeah. They're letting me play this. It's amazing. You looked at the teacher and you were like, joke's on you, teacher. I didn't learn (laughs) that. Nothing. (laughs) Learn nothing, which is sort of true. Like, you could learn more from Carmen. uh, Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah. Or at least you had to because it gave you clues about geography and you had to look into them. Mm -hmm. With with Oregon Trail, you learn nothing. There was nothing. Your 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 group just died of things, and you were like, "Oh crap, yeah, I'm totally not." And then you try to ford the river, and you just float away completely, and that was it, you know. <laughs> that was it. So true. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, as far as the wagon, though, as far as just overall Airbnb, I don't. I don't think that's what he's going for. I don't think that's what Adam's going for. It sounded like that he was going for an actual house. Which I'm hoping is oh, actual house. That's the way. Yeah. Because you know. That's the way to do it. Uh, I told him I was interested in staying there. And if uh, if it's a wagon, I rescind my interest. <laughs> you know, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a wagon. That's right. I, well, I was about to say I can make my own, but I don't want to make my own. And I don't want to stay in a wagon. So the no. end. But I mean, you know, no I way. need to, you. You already live out there in the West. I need to. I like I was saying the other week, Mike, I haven't been out. Well, I haven't been on a trip in like three years because of the pandemic. I need to. Nope. I need to get out there. I need to hit the West. You know, you're already experiencing yeah. the West out there. Yeah. We just had a, a dust storm yesterday. I've never been in a dust storm. I've only now seen I, it on TV. I don't know if I want to experience that though. Nope. That sounds yeah frightening. Uh, anything. It was very weird. It was like dark outside. Yeah. It's like anything. Anything that's out of the ordinary, like every movie that I've ever seen with a dust storm from like the Great Depression, I'm like, no, no, I yeah, don't want to no be a part of that. I don't. Uh, what now? That would be some scary. <laughs> we're just like in a normal like eastern uh, uh, east coast like forest, and all of a sudden a giant dust storm came over. And you're like. Where the f- is this <laughs> yeah. coming from? There's no dust around here. That yeah. would be some frightening stuff. I mean, it's frightening yeah. enough in Nevada, but for sure. No, they thank said you. Uh, in the like because I got a warning. Like a, there was a missing kid alert mm-hmm. on my phone, and uh, they're like, "Hey, they're like really intense dust storm. Pull over if you're driving. It might get dark because of the over, uh, you know, the overcast of the dust." Right. And like, I was just like, "Jesus Christ." I'd probably think I, I would definitely think of the movie The Mummy. That's definitely what I would think of yeah. first. You know, okay, just the giant face coming out of the the dust. <laughs> yeah, scary. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Anyways, we got sidetracked. We had some Oregon Trail, some Carmen. Uh, did I? I said Carmen <laughs> San Diego, didn't I? Nope. I hope I, I did. Yeah, I think so. I can't remember now. <laughs> yeah, I was because I was about to say, I was like, did I say where in the world is Carmen Electra? Because that's not a game. I mean, <laughs> it's a thing we can do, but it's not a yeah. game. Uh, anyways, 
Uh, guys, go listen to Death Cruiser. Check out his <laughs> singles. His songs are coming out. It's going to be fantastic. Mike, we have got two birthday suits left. Now, I've got an old-time criminal. Back-in-the-day criminal. And I've got a singer. Who do you want to hear first? Let's hear the criminal. Who's the criminal? Okay. I think there's one big clue that may give it away. Might. Depends. All right. Uh, we'll born on April 13th, 1866 in Beaver, Utah. Don't know if he had green water or not. Mm. Our birthday suit wearer was the first of 13 children. 13 mm. for Max and Ann Gillies. They had moved to Utah because of their Mormon faith. Makes sense. Our birthday suit wearer ran away from home when he was a teenager. Our birthday suit wearer first took a job as a butcher apprentice which is where he got his nickname. And then he added the last name of a friend to make his full fake name that he went by for the rest of his life. Our birthday suit wearer robbed his first bank in June 24, 1889. He started associating with a bunch of shady criminal-like characters, and they became known as the Wild Bunch. Around 1890, he recruited a young man, Harry Alonzo Longaball, better known as the Sundance Kid. In 1901, our birthday suit wearer and the Sundance Kid boarded a boat going to Buenos Aires to avoid the law enforcement that were looking for them. In 1905, law enforcement allegedly caught up to them, so they fled the ranch they had been living at and found a tin mine in Bolivia that they started working in. The two were held up, though, by local authorities in Bolivia. They got in a gunfight that lasted several hours, and eventually the Sundance Kid was mortally wounded, and our birthday suit wearer took his own life. However, since then, there have been several people that claimed our birthday suit wearer did not die in Bolivia and came back to live the rest of his life in America. Name that birthday suit wearer. Was it Butch Cassidy? And the Sundance Kid. Yes, that is it. Butch Cassidy, man. I felt like the Sundance Kid would give it to you. I was like, or was was it the Butcher Apprentice? Both of those are really big. No, it was the Sundance Sundance Kid, because I was like, ah, there's a a duo there. There's There's a duo duo. name. Robert Redford and Paul uh, Paul Newman, man. Have you ever seen that Mm -hmm. movie? No. It's a good movie. It's uh, it's one of my favorite old timers. You know, uh, mm, okay. I, I'm pretty positive that came out in the '60s. Well, I'll follow up on it. I think it's late '60s. I'm pretty sure, but uh, it's a good one, man. I mean, just two good-looking dudes, Paul Newman mm-hmm. and Robert Redford. Back in the day, those guys were, oh, were yeah. some sex sex machines, right there. Yeah, you they know? Were. Say yeah. what? And I got to be honest, when you see pictures of the real Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, you're like, no. Nope. No, they they that was very generous to those fellas. They are not. <laughs> they are not. Uh, that's basically like me getting played as a young Paul Newman, and you're like, Mm-mm. don't flatter yourself, Ben. You're not anywhere close to that. That's a fact. Anyways, Doc, uh, I'm sorry. I have to look this up. What are you no. looking up? Are you looking uh, up the real Butch I Cassidy? I want to just see what the Butch Cassidy. Yeah, I just want to see what these guys look like now. T- like I mean, you know, Google you gotta image. think. It's it's like 1900, so they're not gonna. They're, <laughs> there's no there's no person that you see from 1900 that you're just like, what a stunner, 
you know, like <laughs> lighting wasn't really flattering. Uh, just everything. Life was hard, you know. Anyways, uh, yeah. This would have been. It's all pictures of uh, Paul Rudd and uh, uh, Paul Rudd. Uh, Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd's gonna be the next Butch Cassidy. I can't wait for it. <laughs> Paul, Newman. Paul Newman. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Redford. Yeah. There but, you uh, go. Yeah. The Butch Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah. He would have turned Nothing up. Like a hundred and fifty-six, Mike. One hundred and fifty-six. Wow. I don't think he's still alive. I'm gonna go ahead and and put my money on that. But anyways, I don't know. I'm always conflicted when I have somebody like him. I mean, he was like a folk hero, you know. Mm-hmm. But he didn't do yeah. anything good. He robbed banks. So it's like I can't like you can't just be like celebrate this dude, you know? Like yeah, you know? yeah. So anyways, it was his birthday. That's what I'll say. It's when he, it's his birthday. That's a fact. The end. Yeah. Anyways, Mike, next one we've got here. Born on April 13, 1946 in Forest City, Arkansas. He was the sixth of ten children. Jeez. Lots of, lots of kids in these families. Yeah. His family relocated to Grand Rapids, Michigan in the late 1950s. He was kicked out of his house as a teenager because his dad caught him listening to Jackie Wilson. He, uh, he started a couple of singing groups when he was a teenager. He started recording songs in the late 60s. He released his first album in 1969. He released his second album in 1971, which had one of his biggest hits, which was Tired of Being Alone. One of my favorite jams of his. So true. He released his second out, al- or he he released his third album, which had a huge single, uh, and his first album uh, certified gold, which was Let's Stay Together. Uh, he had then had a string of top ten hits with You Ought to Be with Me, Call Me, and Here I Am. From 1981 to 1989, our birthday suit wear released gospel albums. Our birthday mm. suit wearer has won 11 Grammys, including a Lifetime Achievement Award. Our birthday suit wearer is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Songwriter Hall of Fame. He has been a Kennedy Center Honors recipient and has uh, and was number 65 on the Rolling Stone 100 Greatest Artist of All Time list. Name nice. that birthday suit wearer. Al Green, right? Yeah, nicely done, Mike. Oh, I'm proud of you, Mike. I am proud of you. Did it. I mean, and technically, we could say three for three today. Three for three. I mean, it was a little rough on the first one. Yeah, (laughs) but you got there, you know? You got there. Three for three. Nicely done. Al Green. I'll take it. I love Al Green, man. Yeah, he's got some jams. I mean, you you know me. I'm a 70s dude. I will get down on some 70s. And yeah, like, for when sure. You, when you look at it, Al Green's like literally like, I mean, there. I know there are probably some listeners when I say this, they'll be like, you shut your dirt mouth, Ben. That's not true. <laughs> uh, but like, if you look at it, he's really the only like solid R&B singer, like repetitive R&B singer during the 70s. Like there were other bands but they were either sort of like on their decline from the mm. 60s or like, you know, like they had had, uh, you know, they they had like a one hit wonder sort of deal. Like he's the yeah. like one of the only guy like you could probably say Marvin Gaye. You could put Marvin Gaye in there. Um, OK, you may be able to say who else do you have? 
I mean, really, that's the thing is he just dominated. Like you could say, like some of the others are like funk groups, like you know, like Funkadelic mm -hmm. and like George Clinton and and groups like that. But they're funk. They're not R and B. Like he was the real deal R and B of the seventies. So true. Anyways, Al Green. The the moral of the story is jams, jams. Yeah. What's your favorite Al Green song, Mike? Love and happiness. Immediately. Ned. That's uh, unskippable. Amazing song. It, it It is a very good song. It is a very good song. I'm sort of... I like Here I Am. I like Call Me. And, and, and I like uh, I like Tired of Being Alone. All three of those are like yeah. really good. I think I might like Here I Am the most, though. I think that might be my favorite. But Love and Happiness, that, that groove, man. That background groove... You can yeah. put that on for like just forty minutes and just, just it dance. Was, it was uh, in the it was on the soundtrack for comedian Jerry Seinfeld's like comeback story of like him doing stand up, and it was mm -hmm. at the end of that documentary where they played that song, and I was like, oh, this song is awesome. Mm. Just uh, it was, and it was an instant download for me. I was like, who is this guy? I'd never heard of Al Green before that. Oh wow, wow! Yeah. I can't, th I can't think I of it. He's of another. Him. He's another one like James Brown that uh, he's got a lot of, of hits that have been ripped by rappers that they've used it uh, as the background music. And I'm pretty yeah. sure, I I can't remember what Buster Rhyme song it is, but there's a really popular Buster Rhyme song that samples his music. And that's probably the first place that I was like, this is a jam, where's this coming from? And I yeah, was like, yeah. this dude... I like this dude, you know? But anyways, Al Green, still out there, just kicking it, taking names, turning 76, Mr. Al Green. Good for 76. Uh, happy birthday, Al. Uh, Mike, we have got to wrap up the show, but uh, once again, I am extremely excited because we have return guests coming on the show next week. Tony and Danielle, better known as Dead Posey. <laughs> Fantastic. I can't wait. They are just such a nice group, such a good duo. They've got uh, new music coming out. They've got a new album coming out. they got a new tour coming out. They're grinding. That's a fact. They're, they're grinding. You know, mm -hmm. they're getting it done, man. And uh, they know they're getting ready to come on a big deal of a radio show. You know? For sure. You know? Anyways, Mike, we got to wrap it up. I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Furnicus Charette. Say what? We're here. We're doing it. Thank you so much for having me, Doc G. Great time, as always. Of course. <laughs> of course. And until next week, guys, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.